Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. It's Friday. Someone say TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And uh, what that means for us, it's Shabbat Shalom. It's a day to rest as the day finishes out and the evening comes and the sun begins to set. We are going to be setting with it. And that is settling down into a Shabbat, into a rest. And you wonder, how can somebody actually enter into a rest when we have all these problems going on in the world, all these things that are happening where millions of people uh, in the Ukraine, over one million people are now refugees, and there are bombings taking place, and there are critical issues going on within our own nation. We are at probably higher risk now than ever before. I really believe it's true. Uh, a lot of the prior conversations or past conversations that people have had concerning Uh, the times we're living in, and all these things that would one day become a reality, I think we're there. I know we are by the grace of God, by the Spirit, and by the Word of the Lord. So, however, we are going to make our way into a rest. Why? Because we're dwelling in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. And this moment has afforded us an opportunity, not that we are under the law or under obligation, Uh, We just know that God rested on the seventh day, and he shared his Sabbath day of rest uh, with his creation. And those that have ever taken a day of rest from sunset Friday night to sunset Saturday night or whatever, uh, have experienced a refreshing, a renewing. And it's a time just to stay low and stay in the word and family and friendship and fellowship and just right there outside the world. And I know Saturdays, or a time when everybody goes shopping, gets their lawns mowed and all that stuff. Um, And you know what? If that ever had to be done, you have an absolute right to do it. Um, There's an advocation. We're not legalists in the sense of you have to take the Sabbath day. And if you don't take the Sabbath day, you're not saved. Uh, We've never taken that approach. It's not going to be the case because that's under the law. Uh, The benefits of how, however, of sharing in the Sabbath uh, where God gave that Sabbath before there was ever a Mosaic law, there's wisdom to let your body rest. So uh, we are getting ready to do that today, and we're very thankful, and we wish that you would put this to the test and that you would uh, enter into a day of rest. What we love to do, Patricia and I, on Friday night, man, we shut things down. We go and we have our meal and we just begin to unwind. We get through the night. If we want to watch a little show, we do. If we want to read, we do. And then we rest through the night. And then in the morning, 
We don't have to get up. We don't have to get the program going. We don't have to do anything. And we make sure that our business was dealt with on Friday and during the weeks. And then we spend the day preparing for our evening service on Saturday night. Then we uh, get ready for Sunday and things like get activated again and the week begins. Uh, it was known in scripture Sunday being the first day of the week. <laughs> so uh, this is what we do. And I want to encourage you to do the same. I want to encourage you to enter into a time of rest in your soul, in your mind, your emotions, your thinking, to just go low and enter into relationship with the Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. Enter into relationship with God. Spend time in the Word. You know, and every time your body is so used to wanting to get up and go, don't let it get up and go. Just stay low. Stay rested. You know, don't, don't get out of your jammies. Stay in your jammies. Get your cup of coffee if you want to. Have good fellowship. Laugh a little bit. Rejoice in the Lord always. And enjoy it. And you say, well, how can one do that? I've got this problem over here. This problem is over here. Problems, problems, problems. There's a great scripture in the Bible that says, casting our cares upon him because he cares about us. And that is a truth. Jesus said that he was the burden bearer, and he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so there's opportunity for us to allow for all those concerns, all those cares that we have about all these different things to rest upon the shoulder of the Savior of the world or the burden. We're not big enough to do that. You know, we're concerned about issues and things and people and events um, to a degree, but really it's all temporary. And so we, at, we have on the Sabbath day an opportunity to tap into this eternal relationship that we're going to be spending with God forever. So why not enjoy the daylights out of it right now? Um, and you can do that every day. You know, that's not limited to one day. We could walk and learn to walk in the rest of God and the peace of God in spite of what we hear, in spite of what we know. It doesn't mean God told us to get out of rest. In fact, the more that we know is coming down the pike, the more urgent we labor to enter into his rest. And uh, because that's where covenant is, that's where the ark is, that's where safety is, that's where peace will be found. And there are some things going on right now that are pretty tough. And I'm going to begin in Jeremiah chapter 35. Jeremiah chapter 35, just one passage of scripture in verse 17. And you could do the homework before and after, but this is very Important, therefore, thus saith the Lord, a God of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring upon the United States of America and Washington, D.C., all the inhabitants of this country, all the evil that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken unto them, but they have not heard, and I have called unto them, but they have not answered. I added the United States of America in Washington, D.C., obviously. This was actually referring to Israel, Judah, and to Jerusalem. And uh, this is rep representing a people that God was reaching out to through the prophets, calling them to repentance, warning them about impending doom. And they had the same kind of tendency that we do today to trust in the arm of flesh, trust in their political, you know, ecumen and uh, prowess to be able to uh, use their ingenuity to make sure alliances were made. And now, but God was saying, listen, I've called to you guys and you're not listening and I've reached out to you, uh, but you're not answering. You're refusing uh, to come with me. So now everything I said was going to happen to you, I'm going to release it in its full fury and force. And I really believe God is saying to America today, uh, through all the years of prophesying and all the things that have been said, um, let me give you a prophetic word. I really believe this is the heart of God right now. It's in the Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, this was written some time ago, uh, the desolation of America. As in a moment, the nations shall collapse. As in a moment, the travail shall go forth. As in a moment, the islands will hear the cry of a great nation falling to the ground. And I dare say that in Ukraine right now, that this travailing in a moment 
is begun with one million refugees. Um, and so this is what we're being told. This is the storyline. These are the images. Um, in a moment, the nations shall collapse. So uh, the moment the travail shall go forth. In a moment, the islands will hear the cry of a great nation falling to the ground. The nation who sat upon a throne shall be cast unto the earth and there become slaves to their enemies. You will have never imagined the judgment that is coming upon you, America. You would not listen to the cries of the prophets who warned you of these days, but turned your ear from hearing. So now you hear the cries of your enemies within your gates, gnashing their teeth against you. You would have never considered that your greatest enemies are already within your borders. You have surrounded yourselves from all incoming dangers, but have not known that you have been decaying from within. Your churches are full of vomit, and your altars are cast to the ground. No more do the hungry and repentant come with brokenness to your altars, for they are gone. I am doing it, says the Lord. It is I who have called you to this day of judgment. And the word judgment, by the way, if you haven't known, is the Greek word kreses. There are three Greek words for judgment, the krema, the krino, and the kreses. The kreses is where we get the English word crises. So we're in a day of crises, a day of judgment. And then God said, I have sent your enemies. I have sent your enemies into your gates because you would not hear the voice of truth. You have been misled and misguided by vain visions and prophecies that did not produce within you a repentant spirit or a grieving for your sins. All we kept hearing for years is the prosperity gospel. All is well, God is for us, peace and safety. But these things never brought conviction to the real issue of the heart of the American population, even within the church first. Oh, America, that I love, you have become like your older sister. Your God has become dim, and your eyes like the of old sea. Lost your vision and have believed a lie, and now there is none to comfort you. I say that you will offer a friend, a friend shall not be found upon their lives for destruction that has come upon. Is my that poured out of you, America, not the will of the enemy as you think it to be in your carnal thinking, but my justice and scepter of truth have been unsheathed and are sent forth into your land to devour, cause famine and sickness and disease to consume you. You have heard the outrage of your border. It is because the and it will not be denied. I have sent blindness to your eyes and deterioration to your intelligence. You shall not see or know what I'm about to allow coming within your borders. You have chased the wind and have not seen the fire. You have chased the fire but did not see the wrath of the Lord of all nations. A great lament is heard in your streets, and soon the cry of it shall be loud throughout the earth. You have within your borders many enemies that will rejoice at the desolation. Yet I say, these who rejoice shall go away into everlasting destruction. Their worms shall never die. I am a jealous God, and I have called you to be my special people, but you would not. And in this prophecy, it said Tennessee will experience devastation within its borders. I will silence your Christian status quo. I will put to silence your foolishness. I will cause your songs to be turned into mourning because you have played the harlot. Think not that you are safe in America, for there shall be no safe place besides the ark of my covenant. 
I am not a respecter of Jews or Greeks, bond or free, for I am almighty God. I want to tell you a miracle. I want to give you a miracle right now. When I pulled this out, and you can see it's something I wrote back in 2006 called The Desolation of America, Part 2. I have Part 1. Uh, it was 9-23-06, I believe it is. And this. it's sitting in the right now. And I, was, I, I just recently, the Holy Spirit said, started bringing some of these prophetic words out. And I brought it out. But in my spirit, before coming on the air, I went to my computer to type in that word about, I have pronounced against you, uh, let's see, in verse 17, uh, they, I, I have heart, okay, because I've spoken to them, but they have not heard, and I have called unto them, but they have not answered, I found that 30 seconds before coming on the air, because it was in my spirit. Then I read for the first time today, probably in, I don't know, a year or so before I've ever even looked at this prophecy, and it's the same exact wording, because as you would not listen to the cries of the prophets who warned you of these days, but turned your ear from hearing. So now you hear the cries of your enemies. I'm going to read that again before I get off the air today. You know something, that much of that word has already been since 2000. Where we are and what we've gone in the last 16 years, specifically the last two a lot of that were fulfilled. It's not done. What is going to be fulfilled is at the door right now. I wanted to know if you knew this or not. Maybe some of you did. Maybe you didn't. Uh, but I want to read something. I want to share this with you. Um, and I want to look at it because this kind of surprised me. I knew this, but I didn't, I didn't really dive into it. Just a few weeks ago, the... Uh, the man that they call the president, Joe Biden, um, he did something, and you could find this on whitehouse.gov. You could find it everywhere, where he extended what is known as the Emergency Powers Act. Okay, the Emergency Powers Act. It was supposed to have ended on March 1st, 2022, uh, that we've been under what is known the Emergency Powers Act. And Joe Biden signed off on it, it right here on my phone to tell you exactly what it said. Uh, in this Emergency Powers Act, and let's go right to here. So this was a readout of President Biden's call. Uh, let's see. So I want to go back here. So this was notice on the continuation, and this is on WhiteHouse.gov. Notice on the continuation of the national emergency concerning the coronavirus disease, 2019 pandemic. And here's what it says on whitehouse.org, okay, whitehouse.gov. On March 13th, 2020, by proclamation 9994, the president declared a national emergency concerning the coronavirus disease 2019 COVID-19 pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to cause significant risk to the public health and safety of the nation. For this reason, the national emergency declared on March 13, 2020, and beginning March 1, 2020, must continue in effect beyond March 1, 2022, just a couple of days ago. Therefore, in accordance with Section 202D of the National Emergencies Act, 50 U.S.C. 162022 uh, D. I am continuing the national emergency declared in Proclamation 9994 concerning the COVID-19 pandemic. Notice shall be published in the Federal Register, transmitted to Congress. Okay. What happened a couple of weeks ago was that Joe Biden, rather than bringing an end to the Emergency Powers Act, he continued it, which means our nation was and still is under it. So what is this state of emergency? What is this emergency act all about? Well, emergency law, and you can find this in Wikipedia, it's right there. The emergency law 
or a state of emergency is a situation in which a government is empowered to be able to put through policies that normally not be permitted to the safety and protection of its citizens. I wonder what citizens of the United States they're wanting to protect. Certainly not the 80 million that voted for Donald J. Trump or the over 1 million that showed up on January 6, 2021, to support their president in a peaceful protest. Certainly they're not wanting to protect them. So our, this, this government today, they are supposedly supposed to be protecting all of the citizens, but it sounds like they're protecting part of the citizenry against another part of the citizenry. Uh, this is dangerous stuff, but here's what it says. A government can declare such a state during a natural disaster, civil unrest, medical pandemic or epidemic or other biosecurity risk. Justitium is its equivalent in Roman law, a concept, a concept in which the Roman Senate could put forward a final decree, senatus consultum ultimum is what it was called, that was not subject to dispute, yet helped save lives in times of strife. So states of emergency can also be used as a rationale or pretext for suspending rights and freedoms guaranteed under a country's constitution or basic law sometimes through martial law or revoking habeas corpus, the procedure for and legality of doing so vary by country. So the state of emergency or this emergency power act that we're under right now, and I wanted to look at something here, uh, the state of emergency, uh, I think we'll stay right where we're at here. Uh, yeah, that's where I wanted to be. Yeah, I think we're good with that. So, again, here's what it is. This is what we are under. This is the reality. Joe Biden just continued this. We were under it. And I guarantee you, according to what it says, that a state of emergency is a situation in which government is empowered to be able to put through policies that it would normally not be permitted to do so for the safety and protection of its citizens. How many policies have gone into law that the American population is unaware of in the last two years. Since March 1st, 2020, to now, it was supposed to end on March 1st, 2022, but Joe Biden just signed off on the continuation of saying that our nation is still at risk. And man, is he right for different reasons. So he's saying that uh, there's this, this national emergency. And because of this national emergency, they are now able to do what we just said, okay? And your constitutional rights, constitutional freedoms, at this point are submitted. And they could, okay, the states of emergency can also be used, that what we're under right be used as a rationale or a pretext or the beginning of something ready to happen for suspending rights and freedoms guaranteed under a country's constitution. So that's where your government has things in America right now against its own citizenry because they've chosen to protect those that side with them. That's the truth. That's what's really happening. We're not making that up. And they have now the ability to declare martial law. And I think everybody knows what martial law is. Martial law is the temporary imposition of direct military control of civil functions or suspension of civil law by a government, especially in response to a temporary emergency where forces are overwhelmed in an occupied territory. So martial law is the implementation of military control. 
military powers. And right now, there must be some kind of, you know, nervousness going on in Joe Biden and that administration. They don't want to lose power. They don't want to lose control. They don't want this country to operate under constitutional law, all of its citizens being guaranteed the benefits. No, they have divided the nation and are willing to only support and protect those that support and protect them. And that means half of our nation has become the enemy of the government of the United States of America. And while you're going to work today, you're going to school today, you're going shopping today, you're moving about your, your, your land today on this, on this North American continent, are you aware that you are under what is called emergency? You are right now under the state of emergency. And habeas corpus is a very interesting thing because they also revoke habeas corpus which when you really look at what habeas corpus is, it's supposed to be right. I'll give you a little bit of the definition. Um, it, but in general, in short, it's supposed to be the right. Somebody is unlawfully detained. You're supposed to have the right to question that wrongful detainment. And here's what habeas Corpus says, um, it's, a, it's from the medieval Latin, and it means, let you have the body. Now, it means, command that you have the body of the detainee brought before us. Now, this is a recourse in law through which a person can report an unlawful detention or imprisonment. I think there's about 700 to 1,000 uh, that have been uh, detained or imprisoned from January 6th. Now, habeas corpus is supposed to give them a, they, they should have a right to report unlawful detention or imprisonment to a court and request that the court order the custodian of the person, usually a prison official, to bring the prisoner to court to determine whether the detention is lawful. So in other words, this is to protect people from being wrongfully imprisoned. But under the Emergency Power Act right now, the state of emergency, to be suspended. There is no habeas corpus when the full weight of emergency <clears throat> is in operation. Live under that right now. The potential for to pull the plug completely, all it's going to take is one act of violence. They're using the COVID-19 pandemic as their premise for declaring a risk to our nation, but they've also seen January 21st as a worrisome situation, and now the trucker convoy, and now what they saw in Canada, and now what they're hearing all over this country, the discontent, the anger that is rising, uh, now the threat of war, what a time for a red flag event to further what they're wanting to do, which is to totally suspend the Constitution so that citizens in this country no longer have a constitutional right, which means they can go to your home, arrest you, and there is no habeas corpus to protect you any longer. They can arrest you, take you to jail without a warrant. They could un uh, unleash the, uh, the, the military powers, and there could become a totally Nazi regime going to the homes of the Jewish people in the 1930s, 1940s, and taking their possessions, taking their homes, taking them into concentration camps or in other prisons. That's what the picture is. That's what you're looking at right now. And I just don't think a lot of people are aware that this is now happening. This is real. This is not made up. And <clears throat> all it's going to take is a little bit. She would have thought by now that maybe 
Joe Biden and the administration and the government would have said, uh, this is over, let's get back to normal now, but they know it's not. The unfortunate thing is that President Donald J. Trump exercised this right of a president to declare a state of emergency after seeing the violence that we saw under his administration, he did not use this national emergency, especially seeing the manipulation of the voting, which now everybody is aware that the, uh, there, there was an election that was stolen <clears throat> by forces without and within, and the crimes that were being committed, putting the nation at risk, because of the, why didn't the president, this question I have, I'm sure, this National Emergency Act to suspend everything else, to employ martial law against anybody that would get in the way. See, what President Donald J. Trump could have done was declare a state of emergency because of the election fraud and not allow anything to move forward. He could have done that. But... Somewhere along the line, he said, I have very powerful enemies. You won't be seeing me for a period of time. What powerful enemies? He's the president of the United States that could have declared a national emergency and employed the military powers to go and do what they should do against anybody that would have threatened him. He could have employed real power. But he didn't. He could have maintained his presidency by we the people who voted for him, that he won. The lie that he didn't win by the numbers is ridiculous. So what's going on here? Well, regardless of what it is, the American people are now under an Emergency Powers Act. God's word says because of the sins of our nation, I'm going to bring the full weight of my fury against you. And I want to repeat for just a moment, Jeremiah 36, 17. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, America, Washington, D.C., all the evil that I have pronounced against them. For 40 years, Jeremiah had been pronouncing one judgment after another upon Judah, upon Israel, okay, upon Jerusalem. He had been pronouncing the righteous judgment of God for their sins. But time passed. They didn't take the prophets serious anymore. They were making their allegiances. They continued to say, well, we're the people of the book. We've got the Torah. We've got the temple. We've got the priests. God's not going to do anything to us. We're going to make our alliances with Egypt. We're going to have these, all this political, governmental movements. So the politicians, the priests, the prophets, they were all kind of resisting the one prophet of God that was telling them the truth, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah just continued on doing what God said because he's, God told him, Jeremiah, if you, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, and if you don't speak them, I'm, you're, going to get, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, boy. And so he kept speaking the words of God. And then finally, this came to pass. I will bring upon you all the evil that I have pronounced against you, because I have spoken unto you, but you did not hear. And I have called unto you, but you did not answer. I'm now bringing the full weight of the fury of the pronouncements of judgment. And then again, I want to read it one more time. This is one tiny, singular, prophetic word in the entirety of false prophets proclaiming peace and safety to America. I want to ask you, all you prophets out there that proclaimed for years peace and safety, no trouble would come to America. What are we in right now? I want to ask you. And all you people that follow them, what are you thinking? They told you for years. In 2006, we were writing the word of the Lord that has come to pass, and it's not done yet. 
the true prophets of God were warning this nation. And all the false prophets were playing games, getting rich on their schemes, and all the people were following them. But where are we? In peace and safety? You're under an emergency act right now that could suspend your constitutional rights. You've seen riots and war and bloodshed. You've seen all this crazy stuff, including a global lockdown, and yet you people keep following the prophets that are prophesying peace and safety still? That, to me, is insanity. But this is the word of the Lord. This is the one that's being fulfilled. And this is a tiny speck of thousands of pages of what God was saying through our own weaknesses and our flesh and our mistakes along the way. Well, I want to read it again. As in a moment, the nations shall collapse. You know what that means? I remember writing this. All the nations of the earth that boasted any form of sovereignty, it's all going to collapse because the one world government's coming to power. As in a moment, the travail shall go forth. Well, we're beginning to see travail in Ukraine, and yet since 2006, there have been many travails. We've seen it in our own country in 2008 with an economic collapse in the housing market. Oh, we could go on down the list. We can go to the Arab Spring and watch it all grown. Nations were travailing. They were groaning. They were collapsing. The true words of God. As in a moment, the islands will hear the cry of a great nation falling to the ground. And I believe he's speaking particularly to the United States of America in this prophecy. The nation who sat upon a throne shall be cast onto the earth and there become slaves to their enemies. Guess what, America? For the longest time, you've been serving a different master, whether you knew it or not, but you have become an enemy in your own country to foreign masters that have infiltrated your country. It's true. That's why my eyes are on Jesus. My eyes are on the kingdom of heaven. My eyes are upon God. He is my king. His, his word is my constitution. I don't need America's constitution. I don't need it to live. I have a better constitution in the word of God, and a better king, and a better kingdom. You may not like that, but that's reality. And you can take all the argument you want to. I'm staying with Jesus. Regardless, Christians in China are staying with Jesus. They don't have what we have. They're staying with Jesus. That's how they learn to live. But now what you think you have is gone. Right now, it's on the verge of total collapse. You will, ne you will have never imagined now, remember, this word was being spoken when all the other prophets were saying peace and safety and money and success and materialism and wealth and yeah, 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 America's great, America's God's country, God is for America. That's what they were saying. And they, they did it through music and songs and words, and boy, was it like a mind spell. But it's not really what God was saying. You will have never imagined the judgment that is coming upon you, America. You would not listen to the cries of the prophets who warned you of these days, but turned your ear from hearing so that all you wanted to hear was peace and safety. All I want to hear, I don't want to hear anything bad. I don't want to hear anything negative. I don't want to hear that. But you wouldn't hear what God was saying to a sin-sick nation that was slaughtering 90 million babies in the womb. Men marrying men, licentiousness, corruption, witchcraft, defilement, blasphemy coming out of Hollywood. But you didn't want to hear the doom and the, uh, and the judgment and the gloom. You just wanted to hear all this. You turned your ear from hearing. So now you hear the cries of your enemies within your gates, gnashing their teeth against you. We're hearing it. We saw it. It's not over previews, what's coming, worse than anything you've ever dreamed is what God is saying through this prophecy. You would have never considered that your greatest enemies 
are already within your borders. Have you figured that out yet? While the prophets were blessing, blessing the Congress, blessing the Senate, blessing the Supreme Court, blessing the legislative branch of government, blessing the White Houses of Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, and now Joe Biden. Blessing. And they were eating the hearts of babies and drinking their blood. And they were corrupt and defiled and going to the islands of Jeffrey Epstein. These are the people that the prophets were blessing? God said no. God said no. You have surrounded yourselves from all incoming dangers. You got this security. But have not known that you have been decaying from within. America has been rotting from within. Forget just decay. It's been rotting and stinking from the bloodshed of little babies, from homosexual, sodomite activities. It's been rotting. It stinks in the nostrils of a holy God. But the prophets were saying peace and safety, peace and safety. Your churches are full of vomit. And your altars are cast to the ground. The stench of the gospel that's come out of the churches that have capitulated to the demonic, who have advocated, even supported the LGBTQ community, and have their own pastors and their own lesbian pastors and their own homosexual. He says the churches in America are full of vomit, absolutely full of vomit. And your altars are cast to the ground. No more do the hungry and repentant come with brokenness to your altars. Nobody's coming out of brokenness for conviction and repentance over their sin. They're coming to hear you tell them that they could live like the devil and still go to heaven. That's what they're saying. It's gone. It's gone. God said, I am doing it, says the Lord. It is I who have called you to this day of judgment. And again, three times, the Greek words, crema, crino, and crises, are the Greek words for judgment. The crises is the English word crises. And if you don't think America's in a crisis right now, wake up. Wake up. It may not have hit you or reached you yet, but it's flowing. It's coming. And it's all over this nation and around the world. So we're in a day of judgment. God said, I have sent your enemies into your gates because you would not hear the voice of truth. When the true prophets of God were begging this nation to repent, begging the people of God to come out and be separate and have a a gathering together before the altar of God and to cry out to the Lord and call the Christian community to confession and repentance for all the things that were going on, we wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. You have been misled and misguided by vain visions and prophecies that did not produce within you a repentant spirit or a grieving for your sins. Do you know that every true believer, every Christian, should have been on their faces before God when the mass murder of innocent blood was being shed in this land And they should have never gotten off their face until it changed. Next year will be 50 years. 50 years. A year from now, 50 years this country has been shedding innocent blood. We rose up a little bit, stood with some signs at the abortion clinics. But then, you know, life got busy. We got our big houses. We got all the money we needed, good jobs. We needed to capitulate, stay quiet. We're too busy doing our living our best life now thing than to deal with what the church was always meant to deal with, be salt and light, which means expose the darkness. But they didn't want to expose the darkness because that would have taken away their limelight and their big stages and on and on and on and on. It's true. Oh, America, God said, land that I love, you have become like your older sister. Your gold has become dim. Your eyes, like the prophet of old, cannot see. You have lost your vision and have believed a lie. And now there is none to comfort you. 
I say that you will look for a friend, but a friend shall not be found. Your leaders will surely sit in the dust, pouring dust upon their heads for the destruction that has come upon you. And those are the leaders that remained silent when all this garbage was going on and didn't do anything to stop it. It is my fury and my wrath that is being poured out upon you, America. Not the will of the enemy as you think it to be in your carnal thinking, but my justice and scepter of truth have been unsheathed and are set forth into your land to devour, cause famine and sickness and disease to consume you. Again, I saw it. The scepter of my justice. Ezekiel 21, my, sh- my sword is unsheathed. It's polished, it's furbished, it's sharp, and I'm putting it into the hand of a slayer. And he's going to slay. This word went on to say, you have heard the voice of outrage within your borders. We have, within our own borders, we've heard the outrage. It is because the plan is set and it will not be denied. I have sent blindness to your eyes and deterioration to your intelligence. You shall not see or know what I'm about to allow coming within your borders. You're not going to, this one is going to freak people out. It's happening in Ukraine. Those people on the move, they've lost their homes. They're on the move. They're going to different places. They're refugees. War is happening. Wait till you see what happens in America. And I will tell you exactly what it looks like. By the Spirit of the Lord, it will be Katrina. Remember Hurricane Katrina and what it did to the people of New Orleans? Sent refugees. America, God said, Katrina times a thousand is what's coming upon this land. Get ready. It's coming. It may have taken a while to get here, but it is determined. And because we've never repented and the blasphemous people that are controlling things in this country, God is going to have his way. And I know that after the destruction that hits, that's when the global one world government is going to come to power. But this is a time of righteous judgment of God, and the righteous are going to be relieved. The righteous are finally going to say, thank you, God, for intervening. Thank you, God. You're righteous, God. Your ways are true, God. This has been going on too long. It has been so ugly and so defiled and so rotten to the core, and yet we've been living in it. Like, like Lot living in Sodom and Gomorrah, like Lot living in Sodom and Gomorrah, his righteous soul vexed every day by the filthy conduct of the wicked, and the people of God are going to say, thank you, God, for sending your destruction to this present Sodomite mindset in America, this present Sodom and Gomorrah, just like you said in the book of Jude, just like you said in the book of Second Peter, You said that anybody that will follow the example of Sodom and Gomorrah will be judged the same exact way. And we say to the Lord, thank you, God, that this is coming. Thank you, God, that you're going to show that you are alive, that you have power. Thank you, God, for doing it. You shall not see or know what I am about to allow coming within your borders. You have chased the wind and have not seen the fire. You have chased the fire but did not see the wrath of the Lord of all nations. A great lament is heard in your streets, and soon the cry of it shall be loud throughout the earth. You've already heard the lamentation in our nation. 2020. 2021, and these are just the beginnings. This was written in 2006. You have within your borders many enemies that will rejoice at the desolation. Yet, I say, these who rejoice shall go away into everlasting destruction. Their worms shall never die. That's simply meaning there are people here right now that want to see this nation destroyed. They want to see it collapsed. Because the global one world government needs to come to power. Destroy America. Divide it. Conquer it. They're going to rejoice. But that doesn't mean they're on the right side of eternity. 
they are not on the right side of eternity. The righteous in this land will rejoice, not the enemies, not the evil ones. The righteous will rejoice. The enemies of the nation, the satanic enemies, the darkened enemies, not the biblical Christian righteous enemies, the evil enemies that are wanting to bring the destruction, see the destruction. Like on 9-11, they were rejoicing. Uh, many people, and I, I don't want to get into that right now, but the Assyrian king in Isaiah chapter 10, I encourage you this weekend, read it. The, uh, the Assyrian king said in his heart in Isaiah 10, look what I've done. I've destroyed them. And God said to the Assyrian king, you're foolish. The only thing that happened is I put my thought into your heart. You did what I gave you the right to do and the power to do. Now I'm going to bring you down. That's how it works in the economy of God. God said, I am a jealous God, and I have called you to be my special people, but you would not speak into this nation. And something here about Tennessee will experience devastation within its borders. I know some bad things happened since 2006 in Tennessee, whether they natural calamities or shootings that happened. I'm not so sure that's fulfilled yet, but it will be. And this word will be fulfilled. And it was because God said, I'm going to put a silence to your foolishness coming out of the churches in Tennessee. They are foolish. And they've been foolish and they've acted foolish. I will cause your songs to be turned into mourning because you have played the harlot Think not that you are safe in America. Don't, you're not safe just because you live in America. Oh, we're in America, so all the bad guys are out there. No, you're not safe. For there shall be no safe place besides the ark of my covenant. <clears throat> Popeye. Amber. Little Red Riding Hood. Skip to Baloo, my darling. Popeye. Amber. Little Red Riding Hood. Funny, those names, aren't they? Strange. You know, in World War I and in World War II, they used to send messages to people that would listen very closely to their radio And they would tell stories, and within the stories, they would have certain words that gave a message to the people. It's all ready to change. Everything is ready to change, dear friends. I want to finish up an article that I started about the Rothschilds and the Khazarian Mafia. And I left off yesterday about the, the Ukrainian MIRVs that one of the congresspeople in our country um, was to buy and to decommission, but instead he sold them uh, to the Israelis. He split the money with other key congressmen involved. Uh, this is a high treason and a capital offense punishable by execution. Right after their attack on America, the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia told the U.S. administration that they would detonate city buster-sized nukes in some American cities, including D.C., if the administration refused to allow Israel to create their own large police state occupation force inside America. See, I wonder if that's what Donald J. Trump was saying was, we have been threatened as a nation to be nuked by these Khazarian Mafia people. And so, therefore, I'm thinking about, you You know, you just don't know, right? You just don't know. Well, this new Israeli occupation force called Homeland Security, or the DHS, was initially run by dual citizens and perverts. Former DHS Director Janet Napolitano is being sued for sexual harassment of men working at DHS, whom she ordered to move their offices into the men's lavatory. Dual citizen trader Michael Chertoff, a name translated from Russian as son of the devil, 
was the criminal mastermind that set up DHS, along with the former head of the East German Stasi, Marcus Wolf, who was hired as a special consultant and died mysteriously as soon as his mission was completed. The Rothschild KM never thought, the Khazarian Mafia, never thought they would get exposed for their nuclear attack on America on 9-11, but they made one of the biggest tactical mistakes in history and overplayed their hand from excess hubris based on too much easy success due to their extreme money power in the past. Soon, mainstream America will know that Bibi Netanyahu and his Lukudist party deployed the attack on America on 9-11 on behalf of the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia. They thought that they had complete control over the CMMM, the, the, the news media uh, is what they're talking about, and could prevent any of the secret IAEA and Sandia Labs investigations from ever being released to the American public. In other words, they thought that they did the job and it was covered up and they blamed somebody else. They made a serious tactical error because now the truth about their role in the 9-11 attack on America is being published on the worldwide internet, the world's new Gutenberg Press. What the Rothschild Khazarian Mafia did not understand was the power of the internet and how truth nuggets published and broadcast on it resonate with the people of the world and spread like wildfire at the speed of light. Truth is being diffused to the masses everywhere. This incredible tactical error by the Khazarian Mafia is so great that it will actually doom them to the complete exposure and eventual complete destruction they deserve. Bibi Netanyahu's order to proceed and deliver the nuclear attack on America on 9-11 will go down in history as one of the Khazarian Mafia's biggest mistakes and the one that will be blamed for their exposure and destruction by the world that is now ganging up against them. The Russians have now leaked the IAEA and Sandia Labs and ABLE danger files are given to them by Edward Snowden. Soon, all of these files will be provided to all Americans and the world via the internet, and this cannot be stopped. A number of Russians in high military command in Russia and in the highest positions of leadership in the Russian government realized that it was the same organized crime cabal that organized the Khazarians into Bolsheviks to mass murder 100 million innocent Russians, and these men want payback. This article was written a while ago, if you listen to it, okay? And here we have Russia today wanting to, cl- to cleanse Ukraine, uh, the Ukraines from the Nazism, the Khazarian mafia most likely have all their wealth buried in the Ukraine in some place. So Russia, again, is interfering. This is getting wild, isn't it? I mean, this is an amazing thing that's going on where they want, there's so much. That is why they are making sure that the Rothschild banksters will be put out of business, which will decapitate from his endless elastic counterfeit money supply. And this is why the BRICS Development Bank was created to replace the U.S. petrodollar as the world's reserve currency. But this one, unlike the U.S. petrodollar, is backed by gold, silver, and real commodities with no counterfeiting allowed. Well, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. So what I'm going to have to do is um, apologize to everybody. It's, it's Friday. I didn't know we were going where we went today. It just kind of happened. Um, let's see where things go. Okay, so I, I just going to let that seal on this Friday afternoon. And we're going to enter into a Sabbath. I told you at the beginning of the program, we're going to enter into rest. And I hope you enter into rest as well. I've simply run out of time today. And I'm going to wish you a great weekend. Keep your head in the heavens. Keep your heart on Jesus. Entertain his presence. Get close to the Lord. Just know that everything you're seeing right now, God has already spoken it. And it will 
make landfall, and it shall come into existence. Much of it already has to a measure. There's a full measure of the righteous judgment of God coming upon this nation. And it has to be understood from God's perspective, because if you take God out of the equation and just look at all this stuff as though it's man-made, you lose the reality behind it. No, God has been warning for a long time what would happen to this nation. The false prophets were telling lies, and the people were distracted and deceived, so they couldn't get this. But now we're here, and I'm just showing you there's evidence Thousands of pages of many people that have spoke the truth about where we are now. Wake up, America. Wake up, church in America. Wake up. Civil war? Obviously, that's going to happen. Revolution within? Obviously, that's going to happen. Nuclear bombs going off in America? Absolutely, that's going to happen. And you're at a moment right now where that crisis has just been elevated to exponential. Anything could happen, any moment, any day within this nation. And God's word and God's spirit foretold it would come. Wake, have a blessed week, and we'll see you Tuesday. Lord willing, this is Pastor Vince. Over now. Shalom.